Hello everyone, welcome to the podcast. Um, as you can tell, this podcast is going to be a very sensitive and very political um, topic. So just a trigger warning, we will be talking about abortion and um, the Roe versus Wade. And so just to let you guys know in advance... This is going to be the topic and that's what we're going to be talking about. So if this topic makes you uncomfortable or um, you get very triggered, now is your time to exit the podcast. So for this podcast, I will be having around three or four guests who will be coming on and they will be sharing their stories. They will be sharing their thoughts and opinions um on this topic so bear with me on this um this will be filmed or this will be recorded um in the next week or so um obviously it depends on everyone's schedule and you know people are working etc so i kind of have to go around everyone's schedule um so i'm just gonna do a little intro roe versus wade was a landmark decision of the U.S. Supreme Court in which the court ruled that the Constitution of the United States generally protects a pregnant woman's liberty to choose to have an abortion. And so last week, the court has overturned this decision, meaning that every individual state has the option of making abortion illegal. And now we are in the 21st century to hear such um, a decision overturned has everyone um, on edge um, for a good reason. I personally am pro-choice, which means that I believe that a pregnant woman should have the decision on whether or not that they want to keep their baby, their fetus. Pro-life means that a person uh, believes that the fetus slash baby in a woman's stomach has rights as well and that a woman should not have Um, the decision in order to kill this fetus to kill this baby depending on which stage of pregnancy they're on. So I personally am pro-choice and I feel like a lot of people have this opinion as well as we can see through all of the protests, all of the very confused um, demeanors that people are portraying based on this decision. And I think it's quite funny that the people who overturned this decision are men. Um, And it's just crazy to think that um, men have the power to decide uh, what a woman can't or cannot do. And, you know, I've been seeing these memes saying that, oh, gun have more laws than women um, because guns are still legal a lot of dangerous guns are still legal 
yet women are not allowed to have abortions anymore. So it all depends on the state in which you live. So your state can now um, make the decision to say, no, abortions are illegal. So women in that state cannot have an abortion anymore. Other states can still legalize abortion, which is great. But that just means that the people who are in those states where it is illegal have to now travel to different states to get an abortion, which is pretty costly. Um, If you have to travel a few states, if you have to buy a plane ticket, you have to get accommodations um, to the place where you're getting the abortion. So basically, people who are from low-income families cannot really afford this type of um, manner of getting an abortion. So people, women from middle class or rich families are able to travel probably with ease in order to get these abortions. But people from low-income families might struggle or might say, okay, this is way too much out of my way. This is too costly. So I will just decide to keep the baby even though they don't actually want um, a baby. So that was just kind of a little intro on what is happening right now. Um, And people don't really think that this has consequences on other countries such as Canada. I've been seeing multiple people comment saying, why do you care? Um, We're in Canada, we're fine. But we are talking about one of the first world countries, supposedly the land of the free, who are making these decisions. So to think that, in quotations, the greatest country in the world is making a decision such as this it's kind of making us wonder, okay, is Canada safe? Is, um, you know, is home safe? Because if the states can do it, why can't Canada do it as well? So those are my two cents. Um, I am allowing people to come on my podcast. I have three or four guests who are about to come on who are going to share their thoughts and opinions. So just A reminder, these are our thoughts and opinions. Um, So just keep in mind that. And um, I will be asking everyone who will be coming on if they are pro-choice, if they are pro-life, and why. So hopefully you guys stay tuned. Um, Let's bring in our first guest and go from there. Thank you guys so much for listening, for taking the time out of your day to listen to these people's stories, to listen to our thoughts and opinions, to um, hopefully uh, shed some light on the situation and why it's not a great situation, not a great time. And um, hopefully you guys can Uh, better understand and yeah we'll go from there thank you guys so much for listening let's bring in our first guest
So our first guest is a long lost cousin that I haven't spoken with in a very long time. And um, she messaged me when I posted my Instagram story and she said that she wanted to share her thoughts and her story. So let's get started. So my first question is, are you pro-choice or pro-life and why? You know, I have always, I've always flip-flopped between the two. In high school, I found myself very pro-life and that's because I grew up in a Catholic family and in the Catholic school system. So that, it was, it was just embedded into me and I didn't know any better. And uh, when I started university, I started to branch out onto my own, become my own self. And that's when I slowly realized that I said, why should anybody have control over what I want to do with my body and what my choices are? So along the road, I just, I heard different experiences from different people that I met in university and it really opened my eyes. And that's when I had to say, like, you know what, I am so pro-choice, there is never any, never any chance that I would ever go back to being pro-life again. And what did this decision, the Roe versus Wade decision, um, how did this affect um, you today? Like, what are your thoughts on it? And if you have any stories you want to share... Um, please share them. Uh, the, the first thing, honestly, I think most of us thought the same thing, that it makes us sick to our stomach. It's yeah. like we're seriously going back in time to like a period in history where women still didn't have a lot of rights like they do now. And not only does it affect women in the future, it affects the ones who have already had abortions too because they think to themselves, like, I got... I was very fortunate to have this when I was able to, and now women in the future aren't going to be able to have that. And it just brings me to a point in my life where I, September of 2020, I had to make a major decision, and I had found out that I was six and a half weeks pregnant, and my boyfriend and I at the time we're not in a position where we knew even how to take care of ourselves. And we had to sit and think long and think hard about, is it fair for us to have a child and bring a child into this world if we can't even take care of ourselves properly? Like, what's going to happen when the baby's six months old and we're broke and barely have a place to live? And it also came down to... My health issues, I have a history of high blood pressure, I have ADHD, and I'm on the autism spectrum, and I just, at the time, I wasn't ready to possibly pass down my genes to another child who could very likely suffer like I have been suffering my entire life, and I had went to a clinic, and it was a woman's clinic, and when I had first gotten there, they had all female nurses, so the energy in there was super positive. There wasn't a single, there was no posters on the wall about pregnancy or anything. Like, it was very calming, very relaxing, and I felt safe, which is the number one thing 
going through something like this at such a young age. I was I was barely 22, and I was scared. I was scared out of my mind, and didn't really know what I was going to walk out of there doing. And I was walking into the room with the doctor there, and she asked me a whole bunch of questions, asked me if I wanted to see the ultrasound, and I had to think so hard about that, and I had eventually I said no I don't really want to see because I needed to really think about my decisions beforehand and they had to do an internal ultrasound because I guess of how how far along I was it wasn't very far and I I just heard the nurse that had the the ultrasound one she just made some sort of like sigh noise and I just started to panic because I was scared of how far along I actually was because I hadn't had any symptoms of anything. I wasn't aware of anything that was going on. I took my test on a complete whim without thinking that it would turn out positive. And I, she, gave me, she gave myself about an hour to just kind of sit and think about what had happened. And I was on the phone with my boyfriend at the time. And we were really trying to think of what was the best decision for us. And ultimately, after talking with the doctor that was there and her providing me with any answers that I could possibly have questions to, um, I came to the decision to, uh, to terminate. And to this day, it was the hardest decision of my life. And nobody's ever happy about it. It seems like the worst thing in the world that could possibly happen to you but at the time it was the right decision to make and I still think that it was the right decision to make but sometimes I still have flashbacks and I think of into the future of what would have come of that pregnancy but then I think about the fact that if I didn't go through with termination I wouldn't be where I am today I would not be the person that I am I would not be able to handle the circumstances that life has thrown at me the way that I have been able to. And I'm very, very grateful that I was given the opportunity to choose for myself. I wasn't pressured. I wasn't forced. I wasn't given pamphlets like most people want to give you. I There was nobody protesting outside the clinic. Everything was super safe. I felt secure. I felt protected. I felt loved. They all, all the nurses and doctors expressed love. And that's all you need. That's all I felt like I needed at least. And because I was so, not so far along, I was, I was able to have the option of taking the oral pills. And so I was given the one pill when I was in the doctor's office because they want to make sure that that, you really want to go through with it. And it's the one that stops the progression of the pregnancy and then 24 hours later you take four pills and they sit in your mouth and then you swallow them and about an hour later I started the worst pain of my entire life the doctor had told me she said this is what labor is going to feel like if ever in the future you do decide to start a family this is what it's going to feel like and I just remember sitting on my bathroom floor with the shower running, with music on, screaming at the top of my lungs because it was so painful. 
But then again, I also think about the fact that it was it was still the right decision and will still always be the right decision that I have made. And if I didn't make that decision, I honestly truly don't believe I would have been able to finish my degree. And my degree is something that I have worked so long and hard for and I fought for. I'm first generation to go to university and it was so important to me that I was able to be successful and be able to show the people who didn't think that I could do it that I could. And making that decision to terminate was ultimately what got me through school and through the last two and a half years and not to mention COVID. So, and it just really, truly breaks my heart that now there are going to be thousands, if not millions of women in the United States that are going to have to travel and pay ridiculous expenses to be able to get a safe abortion, if that's what they want to do. And you know what? It doesn't matter what anybody thinks, any man thinks to begin with. Because all of the comments that I have been seeing on social media, any of the comments through pages on Instagram or Facebook, it disgusts me, it truly disgusts me how many men are commenting on it. And that just, like, it actually makes me want to vomit. Because they don't have the same reproductive system they, that we do. Like, it's, it's just not their place to tell us what we want to do. And it's it's the same thing, like, if we have the choice, if we are forced to have to continue with the pregnancy, then men should also be forced to have to stay and not leave and abandon their child. And the same thing goes with, um, like, anybody who chooses to go through, like, for example, like, for same-sex couples, if one, if one partner is pregnant and it's the same thing, like, it's not just a matter of the baby's life, it's it's every it's also everybody and it's the mom. It's it's the one who is caring. And it's it's I cannot express enough how much it breaks my heart. It truly seriously does because I'm so grateful that I was given the option that I was that I had and that I didn't have to pay out of my pocket. And that we live in a country where, for right now at least, we don't have to pay. It might be be different for other clinics in other cities, but I hope that never changes for us. But there there needs to be some serious change in the state. And I just, I wish there was more that we all could do. But, yeah. Well, I just want to say that I think you're really really brave for sharing your story with everyone and um giving your thoughts and opinions on this so I thank you for that and um before we go before I uh, go to the next guest I do have one more question for you I feel like a lot of people don't think that what is happening in the states right now has consequences for Canada so, do you think that this um, decision has an impo- impact on Canada? And what do you think those impacts are? Oh 
my gosh, I sincerely do. Uh, and honestly, at first, I didn't realize that there would be any impact in Canada. I was just standing up as another, as, as a fellow female in North America. But then looking into it, realizing that we have, I think it's 82 or 92 members of parliament that are anti-choice. I mean, and we have local representatives from where I am who are anti-choice. Like, what does this mean for us now? We have had all these different laws and bans overturned years ago, and we have been able to feel safe. We need to keep that. We don't need somebody from Parliament to tell us that, no, we don't have those rights anymore. We don't have, we're not going to be able to get that access. That's not right. It's not right, and I don't, I truly honestly don't think that they understand the magnitude of what is going on right now, because if laws are going to be changed here, if they're going to be overturned and the bans are going to be put, and bans are going to be put in place again, they don't realize how many of us are going to rally and come together and protest the shit out of this because it's the consequences are unsurmountable. Like it's unbelievable to even think that this, this, there's a possibility this honestly could happen in Canada. I hate to really think about it, but honestly, I do because I have friends who have struggled and friends who in the future can't, can't have children because their partner has cystic fibrosis and it's a risk to pass it down. It's just all these little decisions for us women in the future that what happens when those rights eventually, or if they do get taken away from us, what are we supposed to do? It's not like everybody has all the money in the world to travel across the province or to another country. And traveling any, anywhere to begin with can be so ridiculously unsafe. And it can cause an unbelievable amount of consequences health-wise for us. And losing jobs and losing family, losing our homes. There's so many other factors that come into play if laws were ever to be changed in Canada. Well, thank you so much for sharing your thoughts and opinions and for being on my podcast. I really appreciate it. And um, hopefully people who are listening can, you know, better grasp the idea of abortions and what is happening in the states how it's affecting canada how it's affecting women how it's just like you said we're just going back in time and it's just a big wtf (laughs) it's a major wtf that's all i got to say like the massive wtf just written in the sky for all the members of parliament here and and scotus to look at that's all I want them to know is what the fuck. Yeah. It's it's unbelievable and oh, it's just so much anger that I have for this that a lot of people, like I said, men don't even really understand. People who are just so blindsided to their beliefs. And it's not even people who are necessarily religious, but it's a lot of people who are religious are so blindsided by their beliefs that they don't even realize this is more than just a a Jesus told me what to do issue. 
like, it's, it's truly ridiculous, but I'm very glad that I was able to share my story and my opinion because I think it's super important that those who have a story similar to mine can relate and can feel safe knowing that they're, they're not alone and to know that there's somebody else who is going through or was going through what they are. Well, thank you so much again, and I really resonated with your story, and I feel that so many people are going to listen, and they're going to appreciate you coming on here, so thank you. Of course, anytime. I'm glad, I'm glad to have been on here. I truly am. Okay, so let's move on to the second guest now. Um, this is actually three weeks after the first guest. In the meantime, I did lose two other guests just because life and everyone's so busy, but I did want to post the podcast, um, within the next couple of days. So we're just going to do the two guests. Hope you guys are okay with that. Um, so yeah, let's bring in the second guest. Okay, so this is my second guest. She is one of my friends. Um, And so my first question for you is, are you pro-choice or or are you pro-life and why? Good question. Um, I am pro-choice. I believe that people who aren't able to care for themselves and like decide they're not able to have children should have medical attention um and not only physical but like mental and like spiritual and whatever else is out there (laughs) like i think that people should have the right to choose whether or not they bring life Mm -hmm. into the world you know yeah for sure um so with a couple months ago um we seen in the states the roe versus wade decision and i had posted on instagram um for people who wanted to be on the podcast and who wanted to share their opinions on this um you were one of the ones who wanted to share your opinion so i want to know what your thoughts are on the roe versus wade and if you have any stories you would want to share or any story times because you said that you wanted to share a little bit of your story um so yeah what are your thoughts on it and um please share your story if you are comfortable doing so yeah absolutely um i believe it's 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 really scary uh roe versus wade you know you come to realize that um, privacy for women is just like being taken away. Um, and not just women, but people who, you know, decide that they just need to have an abortion, you know? I think it's it's really sad, just like, so um, I was 19 and I had my first boyfriend and you know, we were doing the whole, like, pulling out on days where you're, like, not ovulating, you know, 
I guess just being risky in a way, but like we both knew we couldn't have kids. And for some reason we didn't think to use protection because we were in love, I guess. However, uh, yeah, we were always pretty cautious and then we would use condoms here and there, but yeah, I ended up getting pregnant and it was like really bad timing. It had been like 18 months into our relationship or something like that. He, we met in university and yeah, like we just like instantly connected we met volunteering for our university's newspaper. So I was like doing articles when I actually sucked at writing. So instead I started doing photography and illustrations. And I was much better at that than writing articles. And I actually switched my degree from journalism to Bachelor of Fine Arts. Anyway, but that's where I met him. And we were both running for the position of art director of this newspaper. And I lost by like three votes. And so he asked me out to the university or yeah, the university's like celebration party for like the new board of people for the newspaper. And so we, I decided to go and like we hung out then and like we just like connected and yeah, he was a really awesome boyfriend, but I obviously, like, I had to go home to work, and, like, I had I always had a summer job lined up, <clears throat> and so I moved home, so we never really had sex that much, and then when I went to university, oh, we were very active, and, yeah, he unfortunately had an addiction and I found out when I came like to I had noticed that he was like vomiting and he was very like thin and frail and I was like what's going on um and then he told me he was like addicted to like oxycontin or whatever and I was like what I was like this a 19 year old who had never like drank I never, like, did anything. I was very sheltered growing up. I guess I should mention my parents are very Catholic. And I went to a French Catholic school board. But, like, I was never baptized, which is so weird. So, I don't know. Um, lost my train of thought there. But, I, yeah, so I met him and whatever kind of, like, bloomed and we were dating and found that out that he was an addict and I had to like figure that out I was very young and naive and I didn't know how to go to my family about that so he decided he was just going to introduce me to his family and I met his family and his mom and I talked about it and tried to help him with it and like he was clean for like a couple months and then um and then he like relapsed after like eight months or whatever and yeah the relationship like wasn't going well he wasn't the best influence on me and then I didn't know what I was doing and then we ended up 
being pregnant. And I was like, oh my God, what's going on? I was like, this is insane. I was like, this is the worst thing that needs to happen to me right now. And I, I knew from like the beginning that I couldn't <clears throat> have this child because I didn't even know how to like take care of myself. And I felt I was being like a little irresponsible. Um, and I just wasn't ready to look after another life. I didn't think it would be fair. I knew what it was like growing up, having been maybe a bit neglected or, you know, not being able to have the care that I actually needed. So as soon as I found out I was pregnant, I was like, I'm too young. I'm too broke. I'm too, I just can't. So I knew I was going to get an abortion and I kind of made that decision like right away. And then I remember going into the car and telling him and I was like, yeah, I'm pregnant and I'm not keeping it. And he was devastated and I felt really bad. But at the same time, he agreed in a, to a certain extent because he realized he was like, yeah, like I'm struggling with like my addiction and like, it just wouldn't make sense. And it wasn't intended. And so, yeah. The day was like really interesting was I went in Ottawa, I guess I, I guess I could say that, I don't know. Um, on Bank Street, there was this Morgan Teller clinic. And there was always these like protesters outside of the clinic. And I remember that day that I did it, he dropped me off. When I got out of the car across the street, people were like holding these signs like, versions like killing and like your murder and like just like really aggressive things that like no one should ever see before having to go through that and I then remember going to the clinic or before going in the partner was like <clears throat> yeah uh I'll pick you up when it's done I was like okay sounds good and I went in and, you know, I was scared. Was this, and this is something I found, like, on Google, too. You know, I was so young. I obviously didn't want to go to my parents. It's just, like, your classic, like, teenage story, you know? Like, something that probably happened to people in, in high school is, like, what happened to me in university. I didn't want to tell my parents. Found this clinic, went to the clinic, felt safe. They provided me, like, I'm pretty sure it was something, like, out of end. And it calmed my nerves a little bit. Um, and then I had an ultrasound done because they needed to see how far along the pregnancy was. And then and they bring you into another room, and then you're waiting until the doctor comes in, and then he does it. It's like talks you through it you get it done and then once it's done you're in recovery it's a very difficult thing to happen obviously and then they they right away make sure that you go home with um, either birth control or an IUD if you're getting it at an IUD it needs to be um, you need to let yourself heal first and this is all like covered by OHIP. 
you know, it, it was something that, you know, I needed to get done. I didn't have the finances. I didn't have the support, really. Um, and I'm super grateful for that. So I, I feel like there are people that are in worse situations than myself, like people who get raped or people who, you know, their uncle, like, had molested them or something and they get pregnant like I don't think that they should be allowed to like they should have they should be allowed to choose whether or not they're gonna have their baby or bring bring life into the world like that's a huge responsibility you can't just be like oh, okay I guess I'm stuck doing this you know and then also not have resources so I'm super grateful to be Canadian. I have been privileged that way at such a young age that it makes me really uncomfortable to think that someone else won't have that right. And I live with that decision every day of my life. It's not something that just happened then and it's gone. I've had to do extensive therapy and I've had to do extensive research on and, and I'm learning so like every day why I feel the way I feel sometimes especially when my siblings like my siblings um they've gone through pregnancy and I have another sibling who's trying really hard I have some family members who couldn't conceive and so that makes me feel a little bit terrible but the one thing that I found beautiful about my situation was that I decided to tell my parents eventually years after it happened because what happened to me that day was that the procedure was done and when I went downstairs or before I even went downstairs like Alex was nowhere to be found and he wasn't responding to my text but I lied to like the nurse and I was like oh he said he's downstairs so I went downstairs and he wasn't <laughs> there was a McDonald's there I got myself like a medium sized fries literally just ate that and then I walked home and they give you medication for recovery. And I remember just being home, taking that and whatever, and feeling okay. And then, yeah, months later, like obviously the relationship didn't work. He ended up cheating on me. Our trust was just really broken. Months later, I felt like I had to tell someone else because he was my only support system, so I had to tell my family. Well, I didn't have to, but I decided that I wanted to. I wanted to come clean. And I was like, if they disown me, well, then that's because I'm me, and I can't change that. So we'll see what happens, I guess. And I remember coming clean to them, and once I came clean, they were very supportive. They were like, we're really sorry that happened. We can talk about it anytime you want to. And they're like hardcore Catholics, which is kind of insane. But my mom like instantly cried, obviously. And my dad just looked at me and he was like, I kind of thought you were pregnant, but when I saw you, but I didn't say anything because I didn't want to cry. And I'm like, that's so fucked up. Like in, in so many ways. Um, Cause I guess the other thing too was I have this fear of failing my family having gotten pregnant so young I was like oh I'll just be that stereotypical person as well 
that basically just like wasn't educated enough about their body and how to say no and and things like that and it's annoying I, I don't want to become a statistic so I said you know what like I can't have this baby and I'm not gonna have babies for a really long time because I don't know how and I feared like my family was actually gonna be super disappointed if I had the baby um, I just felt like my parents survived like a revolutionary war and I'm first gen I didn't want to they I think they had like bigger hopes for me than to just end up being this like pregnant teen who didn't know what they were doing you know and so yeah it felt good to have their support after that and they've been supporting me since and it's been an interesting journey but I couldn't have accomplished a lot of the things that I have done like a couple years after that like I think like a year or two after I went to India and I was living in an ashram for 40 days and I just really wanted to like heal my soul and like foster new habits and understand like learn how to forgive myself because I held I held a lot of guilt for a really long time and that's kind of normal um but I did that and then I came back and I taught yoga and then I've traveled a lot and um, I've worked in aviation. I, you know, just like done a lot of things that I don't think I would have been able to accomplish if I had a child. And I know that sounds really selfish, but um, every day I think about like the things that I do, and I'm just like considering that I had to lose that child in order to have a future child if I'm going to have a child, you know? Um, because it's a really difficult thing to do. Um, and I think it worked out in the end um, for the best. I think that, like, obviously that ruined my partner as much as it did me to a certain extent, but he's happily married now. He's, like, a successful artist for, like, ESPN or something. And, like, he does great. I actually bumped into him two summers ago. Oh, like, summer of 2019. 2019 was a crazy year, but yeah, I bumped into him, and yeah, he's, like, still dating, or he's actually married to the girl that he cheated on me with, and cheated on her with me, I don't even know, it was really messed up, and I was really happy to see them together, and I thought to myself, man, yeah, like, you know, you were able to move on too, it wasn't easy, but we were able to do it, and so, yeah, Going back to your question, I think the Roe versus Wade thing is intense, and I think that every person should have a right to decide if they don't want to have children. And most of the time, they're not—they're also not considering that it's not only a choice by a woman. Like maybe the man also thinks it's not the best situation, and you know they. They have a right to, but at the end of the day, like, yeah, I just think that, like, women should be able to do that, you know? Mm-hmm. They should get the medical attention they need. Also, there's some people who have complications and things like that, like, you know? So, um, yeah, it's really crazy what it can do. 
I think it, it puts a lot less stress on the economy too because imagine I probably would have had this kid I wouldn't have graduated school I mean I probably would have but I don't know it would have been a lot more difficult I think financially and I'm still struggling financially here and there so it's like I just couldn't imagine having a child and having to go through that and then just like depending on like government checks and like uh, like just no that I want to like be able to provide <laughs> like I want to be able to like pay taxes and be like people can use their OHIP for the same services that I needed that that day back in 2010 <laughs> you know mm-hmm. um, yeah it's kind of crazy well I just want to thank you so much for sharing your story and just so you know it's okay to be a little selfish sometimes and you know you might think or your parents or anyone else might think that that's a very selfish thing to do but it's your life like that's what people have to realize is that you know what's best for you and being self being selfish shouldn't have like a negative thing to it you know like a negative connotation yeah Yeah. like it should be like people should be proud to be selfish sometimes and to do and make a life for themselves that they want to live well thank you so much for sharing your story once again um and answering all my very tough questions i'm sure it wasn't the easiest podcast to record um (laughs) So thank you very much and I wish you the best of luck and everything and yeah. Yeah, well thank you. Thank you for being on my journey and asking me about it. This is like a, a healing session talking about it. <laughs> so that's all we have for today's podcast. I just wanted to thank once again to my two guests who took the time to be a part of the podcast with me. I know it's not the easiest subject to talk about, so I really appreciate you guys coming on here. Um, I hope this podcast resonated a little bit with you guys, maybe it informed a little bit more about the Roe versus Wade situation, and I hope you guys will check out the next podcast. Um, So I hope you guys have a great day. Bye!